All right. I'll give you a count of three. Yes, please. One, two, three. You, you don't oh. need to clap. Yeah, I don't I'll remember only... if I had to do the clap or not. It's been too long <laughs> since we've done one of these. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Don't make me don't make me want to buy a sword, man. That's No, don't. Don't do it. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Don't tempt me in that, yeah, it in that sits, way. It sits in the corner of our living room unused. Don't do it. It's, it well, was a waste uh, of money. Of course it sits unused, Stephen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I also bought a Viking shield. So I have a Viking shield and a big-ass dragon slayer. Oh, man. This is this is topical to our conversation. So before yes. we started this episode, Stephen was telling me how he bought the uh, a full size replica of the of the Dragon Slayer from Berserk. And uh, yes. since we're going to talk about medieval warfare, and I've been I've been watching videos, um, you know, like on like you know, like comparing seeds uh, from actually yes. one of the seeds that we're going to talk about later today is one of the videos that I watched. And like the entire time, I'm like, oh god, they just want to they just want to buy a sword. <laughs> What you really For want no to buy good reason. is a mace. You want to get a mace. Well, yeah, right? That's, what, I mean, that's where the real power is. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, today, today we will be talking about ancient warfare and warfare in general and its depiction in popular culture. Yes, for sure. Yes. I was uh, inspired playing some very inaccurate old video games, the Total War series, which are all based on like historical stuff, but they are very inaccurate. So Really? I, okay. Yes. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, we could just jump right into it, right? Well, before we jump right into it, yes. um, it is our 10th episode. and oh, that's right. uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, end of season one, um, and, you know, you know what I finally got around to doing? <laughs> what? I watched the most recent season of Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, don't even, I don't even remember. That's, that's Snake Jazz season, right? That's Snake Jazz. <laughs> yeah. Snake I gotta tell you, man, you know, like, you know, our podcast name is, you know, very loosely based on, uh, on, yes. on, on a direct loosely, reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> loosely based on a direct reference. <laughs> yeah. Loosely based because, uh, somebody else just, just, just stuck in like a couple months before and took the yeah. podcast name that we wanted. There's not, so. that, it's not that there's like, you know, literally hundreds of two brothers podcasts. Out yes. There. Yes. But uh, try, trying not to have the exact same name as another podcast, um, yeah. at least one that was easily searchable. So uh, settled on settled on it's two brothers instead of it's just called two brothers. But oh well. But yeah, oh, I mean, holy shit, man! You know, here's the thing, right? So I think I think I might have even been the first episode that we that you had mentioned, like you had seen like the for the first half of the like the new season. Yes, and you know, you were talking about oh, you know, it's like it's, you know. It's it's still good, but it's not like you know, it's not like what it used to be, right? And 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 like so, I, I was kind of like, oh man, is it just going to be kind of like, am I going to be kind of like, eh, on the new season, you know? And so like, I kind of like put off watching it a little bit, but then eventually I was like, you know what? I want to just watch it. Like it's 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 all out now. Like I, it's time. Like I want to watch it. And I gotta say, man, it's just still fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely still very good. I think I think mostly it's that the novelty has kind of worn off like on mm -hmm. the style of humor it has well so i was i was wondering about that right because it's like i don't know if you watch more like comedy stuff than i do I maybe do. i do that's probably why because for yeah. me like that style still like cracks me up because i don't really watch like rick and morty mm. is one of the only like things that i watch mm. that's still like that so i see 
Yeah. So when stuff like that, like, is on, like, it's still fresh to me. Like, I still find that, like, that, uh, like, the dragon episode, like, I had to pause. I had to pause the episode because I was laughing so hard I couldn't fucking breathe. So that's interesting. You liked the dragon episode. I thought it was hilarious. I also loved the dragon episode. <laughs> but the dragon episode is the most hated episode of that season. Why? It's People fucking hate hilarious. The dragon episode. <laughs> I think I think part of it is to do with like slut shaming and like people being uncomfortable with that being like a joke nowadays in but, one respect. Um, really? I, but I also think that like I also think it's a matter of like it is the same joke the whole episode, right? Yeah. Like that's the only joke they do. And I find I mean clearly you and me find that joke hilarious. Yeah. Cuz I it's thought the- it, Shadowjacker, you've come out of your masturbation cave. Just like, that's fucking great. Like, that, that, like seriously, that little vignette, I was yes. dying. Yes. I was dying. Because it's like, here's the thing, right? There's a certain kind of humor that either lands with you or doesn't. And it's that kind of humor where it's like, you know, normally, like, even even like really good comedy shows, like 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 Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, or, yes. or The Good Place, it's like they tell a joke and they let it land and then, you know... And then you know, you move on to something else, and then they tell a joke, and then they let it land, and you move on to something else, and like it's it's funny, and you laugh, and it's good, and I'm not, and like none of the, I mean, like like I said, those shows are all good, you know, like I enjoy them, and, yes. but like I am not going to have to pause the episode with laughing so hard because the way that Rick and Morty does their humor, and you know, like a lot of other people have been, I mean, like fucking, I'll actually, I'll, you know, I'll send you an example in a second, and you can tell me if you think this is funny or not, but like. Like they instead of letting a joke land, they just follow up with the next punchline and the next punchline and the next punchline, like as fast as they can. And yes. you don't have time to recover from the previous joke, so you're already laughing at the first one. But the thing is, if you don't laugh at the first joke, yeah, the the effect is ruined. Like, and, and it gets it's actually negative, right? Yeah, because then it's just like, oh, this is dumb, and you're just telling the same joke over yeah. and over and then again. It's hitting you in the face with how dumb it is. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of a. It's it's kind of a, a difficult humor to pull off, and it's not going to work for everybody. But the people that it works for, oh man, does it work for them? But yeah. like, okay, just you know, tell me if you think this is. Tell me if I'm going to send you this. Yes, tell me if you send, yes, this send, send it to me. Oh god, yeah, okay, no, 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 I've already seen these. Yeah, these are hilarious. I love okay, them. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snarjog the Hedgehog is is, oh is my great. God. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking do it, you fast fuck. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, I love Snarjog the Hedgehog, and if okay. no one's seen Snarjog the Hedgehog. Please go look up Snarknarg the Hedgehog. <laughs> Tolls yeah, would have loved this day. Toll if he was here, but he's dead. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> For man, all his so scams, his many dangerous scams. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I, what's I, the I, other... There's another YouTube uh, animator that has a very similar sense of humor to this. Uh, he, he got, like, recently fucked by Disney. Okay. Oh, fuck. What was it? Uh, animator fucked by Disney. Yes, Google. Please tell me. Tell me. No, okay, that's porn, right, of course. Yes, what else? Yeah, <laughs> Not wow. bad. Um, Mickey Could Mouse. have seen that coming for 500, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have known, I should have known. Uh, no, not this one, not this one. Uh, fuck, okay, well, it's not important, it's not important. Uh, but yes, I love, I love Snarnarg the Hedgehog. That okay, is... yeah, I, uh, I showed yeah, so... that, I showed that to Lauren, and, oh, yeah. and she looked at me like, yeah, of course yeah. she did. But you see, the thing is, though, she thought that that dragon scene was also hilarious. So it's like, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's Narg the Hedgehog is, is e- old-school internet humor. It's extra dumb. You, <laughs> had to, you had to, like, be a Newgrounds fan. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, that's, like, I think, I think it's just, like, it's, it's, if the first joke doesn't catch you, that's it. 
you're you're screwed for the rest of the, the yeah the, it's, whatever it's, it is i agree it's a it's a momentum based humor humor style yeah exactly yes yeah yeah um, but so i i i really i really liked the new season of of rick and morty i thought that it i thought all the jokes landed for me and like it just like I was just like, this is, I was like, this is why I like this show so much. I'm like, I keep forgetting. I'm like, why do I like the show? I'm like, oh, that's why. Because it's fucking, it's a great show. It's like, you know, it's, and for me, it's still fresh. You know, I yeah. can understand how that could very quickly stop being fresh if I consumed a lot of content like that. But I, I, I liked the new season. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too, I think I'm too familiar with, what's his face? Dan Harmon. The, Dan Harmon. I listened to his pot. I listened to Harmontown for like a good year. Oh, uh, Okay. And I think doing that has, like, revealed to me Dan Harmon's personality and character in, like, a very, like, shallow way. Mm. And yeah, it's, you just kind of know what's going to be coming out well, of Well, it becomes very clear that Rick and Morty is just Dan Harmon, like, expressing his therapist talks in an animated <laughs> episode form. <laughs> yeah. It's, and so it's, it's just accurate. like, it's like, you know, when, he, when, when he's making, like, meta references, it's like, okay, you're directly referencing yourself here, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> You know what? That doesn't detract for me at all. I think that's still funny. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I used to like Dan Harmon, but after listening to Harmon Town for a long time, I realized he's just a huge piece of shit. You know and what? So it's, like not in like not in like an not in an offensive way. Like he's not like a bad person. He's just a like a he's bad at being a person. I I get that impression. I mean, you yes. know, honestly though, I mean that's Rick, right? I mean that's that's Rick's character. Yeah, but, Dan Harmon like is Rick, Rick, right? Like he like like with Rick, Dan Harmon like uh. He like basks in his badness. <laughs> he's pr- he's proud of being shitty. Okay, and it's like I get that. Like I get. I, I'm kind of proud of being shitty sometimes. So I get like I get the I get the pride in being yeah. shitty. Yeah, but it's it's painful. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. Yeah, that he's like you know that he's he's so he's, he's so, so self absorbed. Yeah, he's so self-absorbed with being a shitty troll person, you know. But, like, I guess, like, I mean, I guess how could you possibly make a show like that without having at least some amount of, like, humility about feeling that way? He does. He does. Yeah. That's that's what makes it worse, though. He's self-aware that he's shitty for being proud of being shitty. Yeah. He's also kind of proud of that (laughs) self-awareness. Jesus Christ. Okay. Now we've got meta. This this, this (laughs) constant cycling of, like, angst, essentially. Mm. And it's just like, okay, hit Dan Harmon. Like, I get it. You're like, you're still a teenager at heart. Like, yeah. cool. Fair enough. But no, um, I, my favorite episode there is definitely the train episode. Oh, that was a good one, too. I really like that. Yeah. That, well, that's his most, like, that's his most honest episode, I feel. Because he literally puts himself, he's the train conductor in that episode, obviously. Oh, yeah, because he's, yeah, because he's, he's running the show, you know. Yeah, he's, he's literally the, running the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. just like, that was the most just like, okay, yes. Like, this is the level of meta you should be operating on. And then we got to the merch at the end. It's like, buy yes. the merch, capitalism. Yeah, no, that's great. That was the best episode. I, <laughs> that was really fun. I, I, yeah. I found that hilarious. Yes. I really liked that one. I really liked the uh, the toilet episode. I thought that that was really good. Really? I The toilet episode did not hit for me. Oh, okay. I mean, I, it wasn't a bad episode. I just didn't, I, like, I literally didn't laugh out loud, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I, I, okay, that's. That's fair. I liked that episode a lot. Just like like yeah. the the whole arc of it, you know, like oh, sans yeah, the comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, was, no, no. For me, dragon episode, episode. Yeah, yeah. For me, dragon episode was number one in terms of yes. comedy because I'm I'm a juvenile child, yeah. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and so like when I say that I don't think that the new seasons are as good, what I mean is I don't laugh out loud as much. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, and, and I, I guess I don't I don't laugh out loud to a lot of stuff. So that's a pretty high bar. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like if if something can make me laugh at all anymore, like yes, I'm mm-hmm. pretty like because I mean you know I go through almost all of like I go through almost all of like something like, again like like Brooklyn those are the just I'm, I'm yeah, mentioning yeah. these over again because these are the yeah. most recent comedies that I've watched other than Rick and Morty is like Brooklyn Nine Nine, Good Place, like which I finally by the way watched the last season of Good Place because it's on Netflix now. Oh um, nice, yeah. Which was great, by the way. Good Place was yes. fantastic. Um, yeah. But, like, uh, you know, like, Brooklyn Nine-Line generally doesn't make me laugh out loud. No, um, never. But it's – I love it. I, yeah. I, I really enjoy watching the show. And, like, a yeah. comedy doesn't need to make me necessarily laugh. Like, I, I could be like, huh, you know, and still oh, enjoy yeah. it thoroughly. For sure. For sure. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. Yeah. But Rick and Morty Season 1 did make me laugh out loud a lot. Oh, yeah. I died. So that, yeah. that's, so that yeah. is – that's my bar. And it's like it hasn't hit that bar again. Ultimately. Yeah, no, and, and I, I, that's I don't less that it's not quality and more that it's like it's not novel. Yeah, I don't know if I, I will. That's true. I don't know if we'll ever reach those heights again for an entire season. You know, yes. there's there will be certain episodes that will land really well with. I mean, like, you know, interdimensional yeah. cable that. Oh, yeah, that land. I mean, that's what this episode is. Na- oh, this episode, this 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 podcast yeah, is named this after podcast, something from Internet. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Interdimensional yeah. cable. Two brothers. Great. Yeah, ants in my eyes, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I've got ants in my eyes. I can't see anything. Are these prices good? I don't know. <laughs> so I think so. You you don't watch a lot of animated comedy, but like animated comedy has definitely like we are now the target audience for animated yeah. Everybody's comedy. doing Rick and Morty yeah. in some format, uh, you know. Well, so so um, obviously Justin Roiland, right? The the other co creator of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Who I would say maybe even is the the stronger of the pair, actually, despite how famous Dan Harmon is for it. Well, Royland is the voices and the hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot he's of... The his, ultimate, yeah. yeah. Um, but he did another show called um, Solar Opposites. Okay. Uh, so that's that's his Rick and Morty, essentially. Okay. Um, similar humor style, similar setup, you know, weird people on the Earth doing weird stuff, but they're aliens. That's the difference. Okay, got it. Uh, but that's very similar, and so that's, you know, that's not as funny as Rick and Morty. Um, but also, uh, have you ever seen Venture Brothers? Dude, of course. I've We've watched Venture Brothers okay, together. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so Venture Brothers is now being copied as well. Okay. The Harley Quinn show, um, uh-huh. which HBO, I guess, is doing now, is essentially just like a watered-down Venture Brothers. Hmm. And so it's just like, I think I think we're now in the part of, of time where like this decade is going to be the era of like, you know subversive adult comedy i'm trying to think of what, what i would like because you're saying that and like I, i'm just trying to think of what venture brothers like is as a show like because like i could i i think i could pretty clearly like encapsulate in my mind what rick and morty is as a show and like say like okay that's being applied to other like comedy elsewhere and i could i could tell what that is You've i'm seen some curb right see what enthusiasm you know, I haven't think, seen Curb My, Your Enthusiasm. I mean, I've seen clips from it. Like, I'm aware yeah. of the show and I know that it exists. But Intra- never- Okay. So, Curb's style of humor is, is it's self-referential. Right? It's one of the first, like, truly meta self-referential comedy shows. Okay. Which is why it's so, like, well-regarded. Okay. Um, I don't personally like it either, actually. Um, but it's well, very well-regarded. And so, Venture Brothers is that style of, like, very cerebral comedy. The first season less so. The first season's a little bit more, like you know, scene-based comedy. Maybe that's the problem, because Venture Brothers, like, how how far did I actually get? Because, I mean, I watched, I mean, we watched it on, like, Adult Swim. Like, yeah, so that, that might have been either the first, that might have been the first season, even. And, and every season's very different with the Venture Brothers. Like, every season is making fun of a specific era of animation. Uh, so, like, the okay. first season is making fun of, like, of the Johnny Quest stuff. 
I think right, I've seen remember? the first two seasons. I think okay. that's as far as I've ever gotten yeah. on Venture Brothers. So Venture Brothers gets better with every season, first off. So okay. You've seen the weakest, I think, of the, of the Venture Brothers. Interesting. But it's, 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 yeah, it's very, like, it's, it's a combination of lowbrow, like, violence humor combined with very highbrow, like, are you paying attention to the world and the story such mm-hmm. that, like, when we say a throwaway line, you understand and laugh at it? How? I mean, so... You say that, and I, I I wonder how different is that from like South Park. Well, South Park South Park is like um currently South Park is just like a political commentary show, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, and I haven't watched South Park in a fairly long time, but like so if you're talking like, about yeah, if you're talking about early South Park, I maybe would say I'm South talking Park. about early because yeah, because South Park was like it was like a very like it's like shock humor combined with like hey, are you paying attention? Yeah, I would, maybe I don't know if you I would agree say, with that. I would say that it's just it's well, see. Early South Park is self-contained, right? Yes, and so it's it's self-referential humor within the episode, generally, mm-hmm. to the for the most part, right? Okay, like, you know, there's like the you know the the Barbara Streisand episode, right? Yeah, you know, like if you're familiar with Barbara Streisand, that's a really funny episode, but it's mm-hmm. nothing like within the South Park universe that you need to be aware of. Okay, this it's is being aware of the real world, whereas uh, Venture Brothers is being aware of the Venture Brothers world. Okay, I, I see. I, I I'm I'm understanding yeah. the difference now. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's it's subtle. It's but it is that. Yeah, but um, I don't know what so, point I was making. I just wanted to talk about the Venture Brothers. So it's fair enough. Which which apparently was canceled recently. Which I mean, yeah, well, I think HBO is going to pick it up though. I mean, it's it's a popular enough show that I, I I don't see how HBO would be stupid enough to not pick it back up. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they're already they're literally trying to recreate it with Harley Quinn. Like, why not just get the original? That's better. No. Not, not, not to make this the episode about comedy, but uh, was Curb before Arrested Development? Oh, God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say Curb at all. I meant to say Arrested Development. Oh, okay. I was, I was about to about say. Arrested Development. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've seen Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, sorry. Yeah, Curb is the one with the uh, the Seinfeld guy. Yeah. Arrested Development is the one with the... Uh, oh, okay, sorry, that makes way more sense, because I was about to say, I was like... I was yeah, like, I'm sorry, yes. Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Okay. Yes, thank you for catching that. I, I always confuse those two shows because they're both comedy shows that are very well regarded, and I hate both of them. Oh, you don't so, like Arrested Development? It's not funny. It's not a funny show. Mm. I'm sorry. Like, it's too meta. Like, I don't pay enough attention to, like, get the, the meta jokes, and so there are essentially no jokes. Okay, that's. I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> like, it's I, my fault. I, I admit that, but you are. Yeah, like that's true, because that. I know you are to watcher. I know you don't watch things, so that that show is going to be very difficult for you. Yeah, it's like, I don't, like, when they make a reference to something that happened three episodes ago, it just goes over my head, and I just, I'm just like, oh. Your your eyes do have to be on the screen more than 50% of the time for you to be able to. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, and uh, I, I might cut all of this, but just wanted to mention. Um, I did. Uh, I did. I did watch a bunch more. An- I've been on a, an anime spree, trying to. Oh hell yeah! Uh, trying to it, it, like you know watch more shit because uh, I haven't done that enough. So fuck. What did? I, what have I? What have I? What have I watched? Since I've watched a ton of anime since then. So okay, right now watching uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Since I think I only saw a couple episodes of that on Adult Swim back in the day. So currently, yeah, I mean, that's good. That's a great, that's a, that, so far it's a great yes. show. Great. Um, yeah, great is a good word. Uh, I watched all of uh, 8th MS Team, which was fantastic. You know, I haven't actually seen all of 8th MS Team. I've only seen the starting part. What do you think of that? It's a really good show. I mean, it's, 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 it's Gundams in Vietnam. I mean, yes. like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but you can't do better than that. It's, yeah. you know, it's funny because like I, I, I liked, um, you know, like as a kid, I liked Gundam Wing and I went back and rewatched Gundam Wing and 
I don't know if I talked about that on the podcast, but I rewatched Gundam Wing, um, and I enjoyed it. But like, I I can see how it's a little bit like '90s angsty, like, yeah. and yeah. by a little bit I mean like a lot, and like, uh, yeah, dude. There's an entire arc where they're just all sitting in a prison cell. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, they're just yeah. So it's and angsting at each other, and angsting at each other, and it's it's like I like it, but like. Then I watched 8th MS Team, and I was like, mm, oh, 8th MS Team is really good. It's yeah, I like, think 8th MS Team is maybe the best Gundam series. It's definitely, like, I mean, it's hard Other to call... Other than maybe the original. It's hard to call... And, it, and it's it's a continuation of the original, too, which is... Well, continue. it's a side story of the original, you know? It takes place in the same era. It takes place in the same era. Um, yes. And I, I mean, yeah, like, I, I will say, versus the original, it's definitely much more like... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, smooth, well, and- smooth and also like I, I don't know I, I like I like I mean I hate to use the word grounded for uh, a, 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 a I think show that's a about- very fair description of eighth MS team. It is the closest to grounded that a Gundam show is ever going to get. <laughs> yeah, I it is it is grounded. I would say it yeah. is literally just actually a grounded show. Just like yeah, this is how actual Gundam combat would be. It gets it gets a little bit less grounded. Because you haven't yes, seen all of it. That's why I stopped watching it, because I'm like, I like the grounded part. I don't really care about, like, the relationship between her and him. Mm. Okay. Well, then maybe don't watch it. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I've gotten what I need to get out of that series. Like, I don't yeah. need to see, like, the, the story unfold, so to speak. But, um, oh, God, what else have I watched, though? So I've watched a couple, like, shorter animes. Um, Those are sometimes the best ones. Which ones? Uh, so uh, I watched uh, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Okay. I've never heard of that one. Okay. So um, you, you know you know Pro uh, Pro ZD on, on YouTube? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. So he has like a couple of like top five anime lists. and Oh, it's a four panel. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I made my, my uh, like, I made it my goal to try to watch as many of those as I could find easily, um, and then maybe I'll just eventually watch all of them. But, like, he's the one that, like, recommended uh, Mushishi. He's the re- one that recommended Monster. He's the one that recommended, like, a bunch of stuff. Which, by the way, also I finished Monster, and Monster was great. Um, sure, yeah. And I, I heard you got the parents watching it, too. Yeah, I don't know if they are still watching it. I tried to get them to watch it. I don't think they it. are, yeah. Yeah, they, they, I don't think they got into it. But That's, I mean, very pre- that's a very impressive, though, that you even got them to start. Yeah, exactly. I think they watched, like, four episodes, and I think they were like, nah, I'm, I'm done, yeah. so... Fair enough. I don't know. But, um, like, so he, he he has a bunch of recommendations. I was like, okay, cool. So I'll just try to blaze my way through those recommendations. He was also the one who recommended, like, Silver Spoon. Um, so those, his two, like, his top five, his top five favorite, and then his top five that people should watch that they haven't watched. Um, you know, those. So I've, I've watched most of those. Uh, Mob Psycho, have you watched that? Of course. Yeah, I love Mob Psycho. Mob Psycho is fucking great. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> the second season, have you seen second season? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, yeah. Mob Psycho. He described it as if uh, if One Punch Man was actually a serious anime. Well, yeah, because I mean it is that, like, right? It's the same author. Yeah, and it's great. So I love that. But yeah, Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun is it's a comedy anime, and it's basically about like you know uh, a girl that's like obsessed with this one dude, and he. Just, yeah, no, I, I I looked it up. I yes, it's hilarious it's really really like it is actually la- i i physically laughed out loud at at many parts during it so it's it's definitely worth watching and then oh god what else did i watch out of it oh and i also i, I watched um this was not recommended by him but uh i watched re-zero oh yeah yeah that's a popular one it was the the first season was kind of but the second season was much more worth it like i feel mm. like it's it was it's kind of a tough one to start out with, 
because the first season is really just like some dude being like a whiny idiot and wasn't wasn't the best. Yeah, so, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's like RE Zero is probably like one of the most well regarded. Uh, well, not, not well regarded, popular anime series right now, I think, and people loved the first season. Um, but it's very, it's a very anime first season. That's the thing. It's like, and it's like I didn't like it personally. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't think that it was like I, I obviously I continued watching it and I liked the second season a lot more. It's just like, you know, I just wish that they had gotten to like his character growth sooner because my God, man, he is just like an insufferable yeah. prick for the entirety of the first season and even into the second season a little bit, but it, it quickly gets to the point where he's not. And it's like, okay. is it is, is the second season the one that's airing right now? Or is that the third I, season? I, it might be. I'm not sure. I know there's a, there's a season that either just finished airing. Yeah, I think it just finished airing. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen all of the second season yet. Um, ah. Because, yeah, like, I, I, first of all, I didn't realize that it was, um, I guess I should have, because it even says it on Crunchyroll. I didn't realize it was a simulcast. But, like, so I didn't realize that what I was watching was, like, an incomplete season. And so ah. like, I, I will have to go back and actually finish it, because we haven't. Mm. But, um, okay, so then the other two that I watched, so that one was okay. Um, but the other two that I watched from uh, ProZD's um, list, Sound Euphonium, which, like, it's Yeah, another, I mean, yeah. You've heard of it? it well, it, but it, it's it's one of the music animes. It's one of those yeah. are all those are all good. Those are all good, and it's a really good one. Sound Euphonium I'm was sure. really good, and then one that I think you should definitely watch um, if you haven't already. Fucking Space Brothers. Space Space Brothers. Space Brothers. Space Brothers. Oh no! I, yeah, I've not seen this one. You should watch Space Brothers. Space Brothers is fantastic. <laughs> it's basically it's about um it's two brothers um. So it's topical. Um, but, like, they, they make, like, a pact as kids to, like, you know, both go to the moon. Um, yes. beca- become astronauts and go to the moon. And one of them does, and the other one kind of settles into a boring office job. And then the it starts out with, like, the first episode is, like, literally the beginning of the first episode is he gets fired from his boring office job and then starts going immediately down the path. He's like, well, then fuck it. I'm going to become an astronaut. That's cool. Dude, it is a fantastic show. <laughs> so, Space Brothers. Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're um actually we've been watching uh, anime as well in the house because uh, May hasn't seen a lot of like uh you know really like like you know we watched um Cowboy Bebop right yes like she'd never seen that now we're watching Paranoia Agent again Ooh, I haven't seen that you haven't seen Paranoia Agent no is that a, that's oh. a, that's a, by your tone I'm, I'm assuming I just need to watch that so yeah just Paranoia put that on your Agent. list yeah it's a short one too so you can get it in like a day or two Paranoia Agent. Okay, let me... Paranoia Agent is the only TV anime by Satoshi Kon. Um, and Satoshi Kon is essentially like the David Lynch of anime. Okay. Uh, that, oh, he's oh, also... Yeah. Sorry, that just like... You, you said it and it didn't register immediately. And I was like, wait, oh my, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's also dead, which is means that he's even more like, you know, godlike essentially now. Paranoid. Now that he will never ever release anything else. Agent. Okay, fair enough. That is on the yeah. list now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you're watching anime. Shit. One more. One more that I yes. just remembered. Good. I watched Big O. Oh shit! You watched Big O. Yeah. It was great, man. Have you have Big you o. have you watched all of Big O? Big O. Big. No, I haven't. Oh, Big dude. O. Big O is great. But, I, but but it doesn't end though. Well, it. I mean, honestly, I know that there was supposed to be a third season, but honestly, I think that the ending is perfectly acceptable. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've read the ending before. I don't just don't remember it, but. I mean, my understanding is that, like, the, the series in of itself is, like, explained sufficiently. Yeah, I, I, I don't think end. that... 
I, I think that a third season might have even been a mistake. Mm. That, you know, yeah, it's like a Lost situation. Uh, I mean, where I, I assume, they, because I've never seen Lost, but I assume. Well, no, but you know, though, from popular culture, just like the inability. I mean, it's it's all that shit that J.J. Abrams does, right? Just like unable to end in a satisfying way. Like, it cannot answer its own questions. Yeah, and I think that this one, like, I think you get enough information at the end to ascertain what's going on. And then on top of that, I think that where it ends just, like, makes sense, like, conceptually. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm good with this. Like, it doesn't need to go on any further. Like, if, if you if you had told me that was the official, like, that was what where it was supposed to end, it would have made total sense to me. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's lacking anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I would suggest watching Big O. I, th- I thought it was great. So I, 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 it, that's one of those ones where I was like, oh, man, are my nostalgia goggles, like, going to be, like, on too much? But then I, like, I watched it. I was no, like, no, this, no. Is, this is good. This is a good show. But it was funny. Like, you know, there's so many animes that, like, we've watched little bits of. I think I watched almost the entire first season of Big O somehow. I think we managed to catch that one on Adult Swim, like, frequently enough that I'd seen basically all of the first season, which I had oh, yeah. no idea. I was really shocked because it's like, I thought that I'd seen way more of, of other shows. Like, I think I'd seen, like, n- now going back through these, I think I'd only seen maybe, maybe two episodes of Gundam Wing. I think I'd maybe seen wow. maybe two episodes of Cowboy Bebop. But I've seen almost really? all of the first season of Big Damn. O. It's like, how did I manage that? <laughs> Because it was on constantly right before all the good stuff. That's true. It was. I think that that's the, like the like things like Cowboy Bebop and all that yeah. that were like or, or Trigun that yeah, were on o, really right? late. Big O, the second season only happened because of Adult Swim is my understanding. Yes, that's true. So just like, of course, they played a lot of it. They fucking bought it. It makes sense. <sighs> yeah, that's great. I'm yeah. glad you're watching more anime. There's so much, I mean, there's so much good anime out there. There is. And like, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I should just watch all this shit, you know? And also I've got the, uh, I got the first season of Mushishi downloaded. So I am going to eventually watch that. But uh, I thought you already saw the first season. of Mushishi. I only saw the second season. <laughs> well, I know that it's not, I mean, it's not it sequential, doesn't so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I do want, cause I liked it. I thought it was really good. Like I really enjoy, like I, I, so I don't always enjoy anthology, anthology shows, but I did really enjoy that. I mean, Mushishi is amazing. I got, I mean, I personally, it's a little slow for me, but mm. that does not mean it's not amazing. Fair enough. Okay. Shall we talk about Medieval Warfare? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think, I think we should start with just how familiar are you with like this topic? I guess I'm about to find out. <laughs> How familiar are you with this topic? And then I'll, I'll decide how familiar I am with this. Yeah, okay. So um, I am going to be a lay person referencing other lay people who are referencing historians. Okay. So this is like third third source. You know, Let me, whatever. I like watching... Uh, I like watching reviews by HEMA people of sword fights, and I've read Wikipedia sometimes. Yeah, so... <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a good starting point. Is like the awareness that like uh, what mostly what you see in movies and television is like wrong, right? I will tell you this: I am much more familiar with like like ancient and like medieval battle tactics than I am with like the the actual like physical fighting itself. More like the like deploy like how how would they deploy their forces and like you know what. What kind of tactics would they employ versus, like, the physical, like, how would one person fight another person? 
Yes, well, so how would one person fight another person is essentially an open question the farther back you go, right? <clears throat> well, of course, yes. So. Uh, yeah, uh, unless you have manuals, you know, like they do for, like, the medieval, like, like you know, like, East, like not Eastern, sorry, like, like Western, like, you know, like, European, yeah. so like... I, my first thing would be, like, what do you mean by ancient, right? Well, so I, I, I like, and I've read a lot of, um, like, again, this is, this is, this, I'm not going to... I'm not even close to an expert. Like, you know, I'm, I'm so far removed because it's like, I like to read the Wikipedia articles about things like, um, you know, like Greek, like, like, you know, like hoplites and stuff like that and like how they were formed and like how they, you know, their battle tactics, yes. Roman battle tactics. I like a lot of that. Um, you know, even before watching the King, which is one of the things we'll talk about, um, yes. is I, I was always like, I liked the idea of the battle of Agincourt and you know, like, like the, yeah. the use of longbows. You know, Cavalry was, getting stuck in the mud, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Very that, famous. That, all interesting to me. So, like, I've read a bunch of shit like that, and that's kind of... So, when I say ancient, probably going about as far back as Greece is, yeah, is ancient so that's, for me. That's, a, that's kind of... Greece is certainly in the ancient period, right? Um, yeah, I think that's pretty inarguable. <laughs> the, well, the, so the ancient period is, like, a specific time frame, right? Like, the, there is something called... Like there's there's prehistoric warfare. Yep. There's ancient warfare. There's feudal warfare. Mm -hmm. Um. You know that's in the medieval period, but it's not medieval warfare, right? Yes. Uh, and then there's like you know then it's like Napoleonic era essentially to modern. Um, yeah. And so like you know Greek Greek was like early Iron Age. Uh, I think no, that was bronze. Romans was eighth century. No, they would have definitely been bronze. Yeah, of course, bronze. Yeah, what am I thinking? Yes. What, what's what's interesting about a lot of depictions of like of warfare is you know there's a there's a real focus on like the like the individual battles you know like the like the charge of infantry and cavalry and like they just engage in this like brutal melee where they're just people like stabbing and killing each other all around and it's mm -hmm. like that's probably not what it was <laughs> yeah and, and 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 all of them are like standing you know like like about like a foot apart you know to enable proper distance to do all sorts of fun sword flourishes when in fact you know the uh it would be more likely that they'd all be smashed up against each other and yeah what's <laughs> what's 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 cool i think is just like uh like at, when you go back far enough we actually kind of do know what war looked like right like when you go back to like prehistoric times where it's like individual tribes fighting each other, it's like, you know, we know kind of what that looked like. It was just like, it was mostly just people shooting at each other with bows and arrows. Like, and then one tribe would get in close and murder the other tribe with fucking axes or something. Because they kept records or something of that? Well, not only, well, we do have like, um, like cave paintings of like groups of people with bows and arrows, like engaging in combat, right? Mm -hmm. um, but even cooler, I think personally, is that like there are places in the world where they still do that. Oh, okay, because it's like just hasn't died out. Like it's yeah, like, so they like, literally are just still doing it. There's a really cool uh, video on YouTube you can look up of a ritual combat in Papua New Guinea, right? Okay. And so, like, technically, this is not warfare, right? It yes. is like it is a ritual combat thing. Um, oh, it's ritual combat. Is that? Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first video on YouTube, yeah. Um, but, like, there's uh, there's a word for it. It's called, like, uh, a puck, an endemic warfare. That's right. Okay, yes. I've heard that a, term before. Endemic is just, like, constant. Okay. And so it's just, like, it's, they're essentially just, like, you know, every month these two tribes meet up and shoot arrows at each other for, like, a day to see who deserves to have more land that year. 
Okay. And it's just like the the main thing I wanna I wanna stress is just like there no one's running at running at the other side like with a melee weapon, right? Yeah. Like you know you got you got some like you got some brave guys who like get close with their bow and arrow, but they're still using a fucking bow, right? And they're basically and just, just like, trying to they're they're trying to like ex- like basically say like stay out of my area, you know? Yeah. And, and doing that by just like creating enough of a threat that they're like, okay, well we'll just stay out. Yeah, and it's just like you know one brave guy goes far enough that other guys kind of follow him a little bit yeah like that's kind of and you know you can you can watch videos of like you know uh, there's this really funny video of like two groups of parakeets fighting <laughs> and it's like you know there's a couple of really brave parakeets on each side that like get really close up and far away from their group and it's just like it's you know it's that's warfare like that's that's the earliest form of warfare and it's like mm. it's very tribal and very like uh, i really don't want to use the word primitive i would say it's very uh disorganized you know, yeah, like there's, there's there aren't really so much like, there aren't a lot of tactics involved. Yeah, it's, it's more it's you and your buddies at a bar fighting another group of chads, right? I'll, I'll, I'll describe it as maybe like more instinctual combat. It's just like what you would um, like what you would yeah. do if you were just like dropped into a fight. You yeah, know? And, and the most important part of that combat is not being an actual danger. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, that, like, I think this is the best. Like, I'm gonna go ahead and assert that there's like a an evolution in in how combat works along the lines of like as organizational efforts get better people become like less able to avoid getting fucked right like <laughs> you know early combat is all about not getting killed and as we go farther into the future you know your your leaders become more able to order you to put yourself in danger I was about to say that it kind of like because if you think about it, right, like, you know, if you're you're at a point where you have two groups of people who basically just want to threaten each other away from a suit, like in the same yeah. way that like, you know, like like animals like will threaten each other away from a situation without like killing each yeah. other, yeah. you know, once if you could convince a group of people to go ahead and die. You know, for the greater good of the tribe of like, it's like, it's like, yeah, well, they're trying to threaten you. But if you go and kill them, then we'll never be threatened by them again. And if you can convince like enough people to do that and you stand back and say, I'll just tell you where to go from over here on this hill, uh, then, you know, you have a competitive advantage there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, it's it's and it's the focus on like, you know, skirmishing, right? Like, you know, why get in close to attack somebody if you can just hit them from far away without putting yourself in any real risk? Yeah, it's like, you know, um, I don't know how common this tendency is nowadays. Uh, but like, I know in the past, the, the dominant like historical perspective was like, you know, that these people were like, kind of lesser in some way, like, you know, from a mental perspective, right? Like they may have been physically stronger than us, but we are smarter than them now. Uh huh. And it's just like, I know for a fact that that's not how it is. Like, you know, modern hist- history is like, you know, completely disabused us of that notion, right? Like these are people who, you know, are putting just as much thought in to what they're doing as we are capable of putting into what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, if you if you went back in time, you got in yeah. a time machine, you grabbed, a like, an infant and then brought them back to now and then raised them in our society, they'd just be a normal kid because yeah, there's exactly. nothing different about them. Yeah. You know, at that time, they're, they're, still, they're still homo sapiens sapiens. Yeah, like, so it's like, you know, if you have a spear and a bow and arrow at your disposal, like, think of how you would fight. Yeah. And it's like, that, that is exactly how they did it. Because and, they are us. And they uh, they also probably wanted to die less um, yeah. because there were fewer of them. And so maybe they were even smarter than we are now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, talking about, like, depictions of, like, this in popular culture, you know, 
you can look at like uh you know any of like the old school like sword sword movies um i mean you know heck lord of the rings even right Mm -hmm. just like lord of the rings is obviously fantasy right but it's like it's trying to depict you know fantastical feudal combat Mm -hmm. right where there's lots of like you know intense melee fighting and like you know these heroic cavalry charges where they just like charge straight into a group of braced infantry and it's like you know that's like that's the most idealized form of like like heroic fighting right and there isn't a tremendous amount of magic in lord of the rings in like a like a direct way like well, exactly like, that's like, why yeah. that's why i say it's like it's still trying to depict semi-realistic combat in, in a way yeah, because, I mean, like, if I think about Lord of the Rings, it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, Gan- Gandalf's out there shooting fireballs, you know, and, and raining no. lightning down on people. It's like, I mean, even he cavalry charges, you know? Yeah. like and there's siege engines and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. it's trying to depict something adjacent to medieval warfare. Yeah, and I'd say that, like, you know, Lord of the Rings obviously gets a pass because it's fantasy, so yes. whatever you want. But it's just like, Lord of the... I, I, I only reference Lord of the Rings because I don't know a lot of titles of like older like 70s and 80s like 1970s 1980s movies about like you know uh rome and troy and you know those kind of ancient warfare but those those movies exist right Mm -hmm. oh yeah um there's a lot of single combat right like people will like you know fight people like you know for extended periods of time just like in a melee and it's just like uh i don't know where i'm going with this i wonder if gladiator well i mean i'm thinking i wonder if gladiator was any good in that respect because i mean i think yeah i think about gladiator right and like knowing like my my knowledge of of roman army tactics basically starts and ends with like you know their kind of like basic like formations and like of like roman legions like but the the battle scene depicted at the beginning of that at least at like to my completely untrained eye like makes sense to me it's like you have an enemy that is like disorganized and has axes and shit and wants to murder you and so what's the best way to fight them well first of all you kind of like area denial them with arrows you shoot a bunch of fire arrows because they're in the they're in the forest so shoot fire arrows at them and burn part of the forest down and like draw them out and then as they're like freaking out you come at them from the side and behind with cavalry and pincer move and kill them i don't know enough about tactics like about roman tactics to know if that like tracks with how they fought but it wouldn't surprise me if that was so, the case. So, thankfully, I did actually just look this up before the podcast. Cool. <laughs> uh, and so, like, the actual formation of the infantry in lines is semi-accurate. The lines would have been way deeper, right? Well, yeah, because um, Romans, they, they, they used squares generally, didn't they? That, well, so, have you ever seen HBO's Rome? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just search uh, HBO Rome opening battle? And it's like it, It's like a minute. Yep. I think we're going to be doing a lot of that at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, yeah, to actually see it. And if you're able to do this yourself, do that. Otherwise, I'll just describe it. Yeah, so, okay. Rome fighting with the Gauls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rome right. fighting with the Gauls. Exactly. Yeah, so you can skip. Uh, I mean, you don't have to skip anything. It's, it's It starts where it starts. Yeah, tell me at what point I should skip to, but. No, you don't have to. It starts at a good spot, actually. Okay, cool. And so the first thing you'll notice is it's a bunch of, like, uh, Romans in a big square that's, like, five men deep, and then it's a bunch of, like, barbarians charging at them. Yep. Um, You'll see that, like, the Romans have kind of, like, squarish shields, like, 
as they fought with the barbarians, like, they realized that just, like, oh, these guys fucking fuck us up. Like, we need bigger shields. And we also should get rid of our spears, because we, this is close combat. I'm going to pause like, for just one second. So, like, yeah. So, I mean, like, from my understanding of, like, what Romans, because I do know a little bit about, like, mm-hmm. a, a Roman legionnaires. It's like, they carried, a, what, it's, it's a gladius, a scutum, and a pilum, right? And, it's, yes, and the pilum was actually the most important part. Right? Because yeah, because like the, it's the, basically the gladius is like your 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 weapon of last resort. It's like once they get in close, you know. And also, I think where the gladius is, I think at a certain point used if they needed to cut off like spear tips and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they could be used like that. Yeah, because I know um, that it's like you had the you had like, I think they had like three pilum or something like that that they could either use as spears or throw, which was important. And then they'd like you know have the shield wall. Which was kind of similar to the way that hoplites yeah. fought. So we, okay. we've, I mean, we've skipped a lot from like you know the early days of like groups of like thirty or forty people with arrows and bows and arrows shooting at each other to like yeah. now, right? You know, like we've skipped the entire like Neo Assyrian Empire and like chariot warfare and like the first evolution of use of horses, but that's fine. Uh, at this point, like you know, we've gotten to the point where armies are organized enough that like they can do this kind of melee fighting, right? Yes. Like, this is not unrealistic. What's unrealistic is that, like, you know, at the start of the clip, when you see the Gauls, like, on the other side of the forest, like, they would have been under heavy javelin fire. And the Romans would have been under arrow fire. And yeah. that, that would have probably happened for, like, a long time until both sides were low. Yeah. And, like, that's that's where most battles would probably be decided, right? It's just, like, one side takes a couple too many javelins or arrows to the face and they go, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't be here. <laughs> it makes sense, and yeah. like, I, I, I of mean, course, that's what you would do. And I, it, it, that's I think a lot of the the point of using shields, right? Like that's like the big yes, that's the big advantage. I mean, the, I think the Greeks really had. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Romans know, are famous for their tortoise formations, right? And I think that they, I mean, Romans like many things that the Romans did, they stole from the Greeks, and I, I who stole from the Neo Assyrians, who stole from the Egyptians, who stole from you know, the fair enough, sites. At least very directly, the Romans stole yeah, from yeah, the yeah, Greeks. Yeah. Like, pretty wholesale. Like, hey, you know all of your gods first, and all of your army tactics and all oh, of your everything else? We're just going to take that. <laughs> well, so the Greeks were all about spear and shield, right? They were the They hoplites. were about spear and shield. That's true. Because, like... Yeah. I mean, and, and so know, that's how the Romans started out. I don't want to. I don't want to bring up three hundred as a an example yeah. of anything no, even no, remotely realistic. No, that's but, a hoplite. That's correct. That is what a hoplite is. Like, yeah, the way they're, they're depicted fighting is... When they're fighting in formation, that's how they would fight. And that formation of, like, shields in front and then lock shields on top and then lock shields on top of that, I think that that was, that was a Greek innovation that did exist, right? Well, yeah, and I think that, but, like, I don't, th- I think the Greeks stole that from the Persians, who I think stole that from the Greeks? Really? Okay. That, that surprised, I, I, I always, and, and this is, again, this is my not having knowledge of it, but I always, well, again, I always assume that... Like, that kind so, of shield formation was something the Greeks came up with. Perfected, maybe. Perfected, maybe. Be better okay. Because, like, again, you, you, have to, you have to just, like, use your brain, right? Imagine you're in a group of, of guys with shields, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, like, there's arrows coming down at you. Like, where is your shield? Yeah. <laughs> is it, up in is the it air. A, is it, it's, above, it's above you, right? And so what's interesting is actually, um, so pre-Roman, pre-Greek armies, like, we're talking, like, Egyptian and... Um, you know, modern day, what would be modern day Iraq, you know, Persia, and then the Assyrians. Yeah. Um, like, they would use both archers and slingers, right? Because the slingers would go the front 
to make you put your shield in front so the archers could shoot you from the top. And if you put your shield above you, then you're getting hit with a bunch of rocks that can fuck you up. Yeah. And so it's just like, again, like, you know, uh, depictions of warfare tend to be very, like, black and white. Just like, okay, everyone has a sword or everyone has this and just like, we're doing this thing. And it's just like, that's, you know, they took advantage of every possible tactic. Well, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? You know, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you? And I I think that that definitely touches on something that, like, the one thing that I do know for sure about pretty much almost all of ancient, like, excluding the Romans who, who, you know, pretty much exclude, like, always carried swords, you know, which is uh, uncommon, is... Swords are way, way more overrepresented in in all combat than they would have actually been. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Yeah, and, like, you know... The reason the Romans all had, like, the big innovation, like, every time for mil- for the military, like, history of, you know, warfare, it's, it's organizational stuff, right? Yes. It's like, the admin gets better, and so then warfare changes. It's very rarely just like, oh, yeah, we've invented better swords. You know, not that that didn't happen, right? But it was yeah. usually a lot less important than, like, you know, being able to sustain your stuff. And so what's interesting about this Rome clip, to go back to it, is, like, I don't know, what uh, what time are you at? I, I, I watched the whole thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing already. Okay, well, so you, when he's blowing his whistle and the people are, like, shuffling back through the lines, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's, like, that's probably the best part of this whole clip. Because that's, okay. that's that's one of the Romans' big innovations. It's, like, again, it's not that, like, they were better at fighting. It's that they were better at, like, organizing their men. That is definitely something that I've... I've... I, I've understood about this. Like, they, the Romans, like, more so than a lot of people before them, with maybe the exception of, like, the Spartans, like, they took it very seriously of, like, we're going to, we're going to do tactics. We're going to, like, organize and we're going to, like, yes. we're going to have, we're going to have rules and we're going to have ways that this works, you know, and you're going to follow them. And that's how we're going to win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's not that, you know, any successful empire did that, right? Like Alexander the Great, you know, he yeah. had his phalanxes and his companion cavalry. And yeah, the Romans like, just did it to a greater extent. Yeah. And, the, you know, they also had the advantage of, as time progresses, sort of, in, in, in this part of the world. Um, like technology you know, improves? Yeah, it, it's, you know, the ability for the for the state to maintain a standing army. Yeah. Right? The, that's, yeah, that's basically that they had more control. Like, it, you know, like. The Greeks were all city-states, so it's like there was no Greece, whereas there was, like, Rome was that well, area of the world, you know? Rome, it's, no, no, Rome was Rome. But they controlled, and they had, like, political control over vast areas. Sure, but, like, they would not, those places would not consider themselves Rome. No, they wouldn't consider, no, when I... Uh, or even me, Roman, necessarily. The Roman Empire. Like, yes, the Roman Empire. Yes, was certainly yeah, a thing. That there was there was a Roman Empire that had like that had established political control, and they were able to they were able to like draft soldiers from various parts of the world, you know, and they were able to train them in a, in the same way, in a way that like other empires like weren't so centralized. Yeah, um, and so I, yeah, again, I like this Rome clip because it's it's relatively accurate, except for the lack of skirmish happening, and it's mostly like. Because at this point, it's mostly infantry focused, right? Like, cavalry is still kind of not a thing, which to go back to the gladiator, right? Mm-hmm. The gladiator scene is, like, pretty inaccurate in most other respects, right? Like, a cavalry charge through a forest doesn't make any sense because horses okay. aren't good at avoiding trees. Mm. <laughs> so it's just like, you would never do that. Like, you would never try to charge through, a fo- like, out of a forest, maybe. 
Yeah, like out of a forest into a field. Like yes, you would hide your you would hide your horses in the forest and then bring yes. them out. That okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, and it's like you know they wouldn't have had siege engines set up in the field because that's again why. <laughs> yeah, fire arrows really aren't a thing. Uh, they just like you can't actually shoot enough fire for it to like stay lit and then catch. Like it's hard to catch wood on fire as it turns out. No, no, that that is very true. It's like you wouldn't be able to like it's it's not so simple to just. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever tried to light a fire, it's like you can't just light yeah. logs on fire. There's a Especially reason if why they're moist. If it's like misty out, like you're kidding me. Like yeah, it's like those, yeah, you're you're screwed. There's no chance. Yeah. It's not gonna there's happen. There's no chance at all. Yeah. So it's just like there. There's a lot of dream. Like that's. I guess that's really the major thing. It's like battle is not fun or dramatic or decisive. It's like it's just increasingly organized bar fights. <laughs> right where it's just like the major thing that matters is like keeping people willing to fight more so than like any other particular factor yeah so does that kind of go into i'm assuming you watch rewatched that agincourt scene yes definitely yes yeah so i think so i i will say i i know for a fact that in terms of the actual details of the battle that that scene is just pathetically inaccurate yeah i i actually don't i i didn't look at too much into it other than watching the clip what, so what for instance like for instance the in the actual battle of agincourt um the english were actually holding the high ground yeah of, yeah and that makes sense so yeah, completely the opposite of what what we viewed and also they were the ones that i believe had like the large like contingent of like knights and stuff like that so let's just put aside for a moment the the actual particulars of the battle and look at what is depicted there because like just pretend that that isn't Agincourt for a second and pretend it's yes. any other ro- like yeah. like and, any other medieval battle and I think that's important to point out like is like of course the the exact particulars of terrain and stuff are never going to be super accurate yeah and that's what, not like we care about tactics at least for this conversation yes what i really liked about that scene is the depiction of like the crush like when they get like when they get close into like melee combat like mm-hmm. because y- even even in like depictions that like seem like they might be kind of okay you're, you're really you're really losing the fact that it's like you know in almost every other depiction of um of of any kind of like like sing like hand to hand combat not single combat hand to hand combat between two armies you always have this kind of weird thing where they are all standing like a foot apart from each other yeah, fighting in individually line. with one other person and then going on to the next person you know yes. and it's like no <laughs> like what 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 it depicts there and i think is accurate and i think is the part that people are like find that impressive in that is basically it's like when you have two armies smacking against each other like it's it's like it's like trying to go through an emergency exit at a fire like people smash together like you have people behind you smashing into you from the back and you end up just in a situation where you are literally like in the center of like just people that are literally touching each other and you are just trying to murder like as many people close to you as possible while still being able to breathe (laughs) Like, yeah. that's it. That's the fight. It's, and it, what's what's interesting about that scene in particular, I think, is that we've been talk. I've been talking a lot, at least, about how, like, skirmish is the all-important thing. And, like, there wouldn't be a lot of, like, you know, down-and-out melee fighting. Mm. Um, but that's only true during periods where, like, the offense was better than the defense. 
Mm-hmm. And like Agincourt's a good example of where that's that's like it's like a turning point, right? It's a gray area where like plate armor exists. And so melee combat isn't as deadly anymore. For the people as that can afford plate armor. <laughs> yeah. But Agincourt's also where the English longbow like really comes into its own, right? And like people learn that, oh, these pierce plate armor. Which was a huge I mean it's like it's like yeah, the sniper rifle of the of the you yeah. know, the medieval era. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, it's a very interesting scene where, like, melee is still kind of, like... Yeah, I think what, what what's depicted in The King is relatively realistic, right? Just, like, there would have been, like, a melee fight like that in some respects. Yeah, I mean, uh, you... Like, I mean, cavalry charges at that point, at that point, yeah, for that sure were a thing. Yeah, 100%, that is realistic. And just, like, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that, like, that seems to be a trend, right? Where, like, as we move through time, you know, depending on the period and, like, the... the the wax and wane of offense and defense it's like it it's it's not that like the plate armor allowed them to finally fight in melee effectively it's that like wearing plate armor makes you feel like a fucking superhero mm-hmm. and so like people were willing to do that and you know to to your point it's like it, it's not even like this this is really that surprising because if you th- when you talk about like the the concept of like you know distanced skirmishes versus like full on like close quarter battles it's like yeah we see a resurgence of that not too long ago because what was world war 1 it was that literally yeah. it was oh a, a new innovation in as you as you so nicely put it, offense came about and there was no defense for it yet. So what did they yep. do? They stood at a distance and they shot each other with machine guns. And every yeah. time they tried to charge, it didn't work because there was machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Because before that, what you had was, you know, like single shot rifles mostly. Yeah. And so just like if you could get into melee, you could win still. Like a cavalry charge still like the winged hussars, right? Yeah. Just like very famously, like, you know, we're still an effective fighting force up until World War One. Yeah. And like, you know, soldiers still had bayonets on their guns because the intention was you would charge and at a certain like after they were reloading, you would stab them with the bayonets. But yeah. if they don't have to reload for like, you know, 30 seconds, I mean, it's probably not that long. It's probably much faster than that. But still, it's like if they don't, and, it re, and reloading takes like a couple seconds at most, you can't cross that distance. You'll just be dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever seen a Band of Brothers? No, I have not. Uh, uh, there's a, I, I think there's a really great scene there that just, um, it's, it's, the, it's the band assaulting like a, an embedded German machine gun position. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like, they flank it. Uh, so they successfully like get around it and like they're, you know, they're successful in assaulting it. But what's really cool is just like, um, you know, World War One was very, front organized right like you were getting shot at in a line with a bunch of other people yes but it's just like you know tanks and airplanes then come about and suddenly machine guns aren't so useful in shooting those down right and so suddenly you know warfare goes right back into like chaotic person-to-person warfare right where just like you know this this group of 20 people is fighting this group of 20 people yeah as opposed to you know I, I guess it's yeah it's it's interesting to think about this like the wax and wane of offense and defense is the thing that determines how like massive warfare is in in respect and that i mean that was the big innovation at like in world war ii was mm-hmm. air cover which I, I i think you could you could describe pretty accurately as i mean it was offense be, i mean offense is the best defense right but it was it was a defense yeah. of the ground troops it's basically it's like you know in World War One, they were fucked. Like, they were on the ground, and they had no support. It's like their support was them. They had to yes. 
fight the thing that they were charging against. Yeah. Whereas, like, in World War II, there was coordination. And, again, that, that, get, that gets back to admin. It's like you had, you had planes Radios. come over. Yeah, you had planes come over. You, they would bomb. You know, they would they would clear the area and then you would charge behind that. You know, you'd charge behind your air cover and that's how you were able to gain ground. And then like then it became a war of movement instead of a war of digging trench lines and maybe moving inches. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because I was I was just reading about like um, like ancient Egyptian warfare mm -hmm. uh, before the podcast. And it's like that's it's very similar to World War Two warfare, actually, because of like chariots. OK, chariots essentially. I want to be careful here. Chariots acted kind of like tanks back then, right? Just like it was the same concept of like there was a mobile platform that could like run around infantry without being attacked by them. I'm going to have to uh, take your word completely for that. I know nothing, literally yeah, nothing about Egyptian warfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so so back then, like because, you know, Egypt is mostly desert or flat land, I guess I should say, not really desert, but flat land, um, chariots are really effective there. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't invented, like, uh, saddles and stuff yet. Okay. So riding horses was right out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, e e like, the er the earliest cavalry, right, was pairs. Like, there would be one guy on a horse next to another guy on a horse. And one the one guy on the horse would be controlling both horses while the other guy was shooting a bow and arrow. Interesting. Like, because of how, like, because you couldn't, you know, control your horse and shoot a bow and arrow. This wasn't, that was the Mongols' big innovation, right? Uh, like they, could, they could do that. I actually, um, I actually thought it was the Parthians that... Uh, a Parthian shot, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that they were the, that was like, also, the, the yeah. Mongols perfected it for sure, but I think the Parthians were the first people to really get into the idea of, like, use, hor use a bow and arrow on horseback. Yeah, well, what the Parthians would do is just, like, they would... They would charge up to a group of infantry, yep, and then like pretend to run away, and then shoot them. Yeah, the and Parthian then shoot shot. Them. Yeah, the Parthian shot. Yeah, yeah, which is where we get parting shot. <laughs> yes, yes, just so cool. I do um, know but... some things. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I know three things, and I'm going to tell you all of them in this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's just like it's very similar to World War II because there was no. Um, you know, um, another big innovation, obviously, is like, you know, like stone walls and stuff, because back then walls were mud. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so just like just like in World War Two, where forts, well, World War One, really, or before World War One, really, is, or no, I guess. Yeah. World War Two is where forts really stopped being an effective force. Well, yeah. I mean, the big the big uh, example of that is the Maginot line, which like, yeah, of course, is, yeah. is the most hilarious like thing. Yeah, just go in, around it. Yeah. It's like. We have this line. You cannot possibly get past it. It's like, yeah. well, we'll just go in a different yeah. place. It's like, oh, you damn Germans. You figured us out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be fair to the French, obviously, the Ardennes were thought to be impassable. Yeah. Until they, until they were. <laughs> until, they, until the Germans were like, no, no, no. We're just put all, we're going to put all of our tank drivers on meth. And it'll, be, it'll be fine. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing. It's like, well, you know, if we just give everybody drugs. Yeah. I mean, that Which goes back did. to, like, what, like, you know, Norse berserkers and stuff like that. It's like, if you just give them drugs, you could do a lot more with warfare. <laughs> I'm not sure how, how like, accurate Norse berserkers are. It's like an actual thing. I, I don't know either. But if, yeah. if they did exist, that's definitely how they did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Speaking of just, like, really, like, inaccurate stuff. I just want to I just want to give a shout out to Game of Thrones here <laughs> for the, the long dark fight where they put their artillery in front. <laughs> yeah, I want to I I point out that's a really good example of just like 
a modern person just being like, oh, whatever. Like, they wouldn't use their battle equipment effectively. They can't think straight. Just like. Which is hilarious because, like, they did a fairly good job. Like, a fairly good job with, with Battle of the Bastards and, like, the again, the idea of, like, very close fighting and, you know, all that stuff. It's, like, t- t- only to screw it up later. It's, like, you know, it's, like, did you not learn your lesson about, like, did, did you read up on any of this stuff? But, I mean, again, it's a fantasy, like, whatever. But, you know, Game of Thrones, yeah. of anything, is one of the more grounded fantasies. You would think yes. they would have tried a little bit, but... yeah. Oh well, you know. They yeah, I just yeah. I wanted to point. I just wanted to to give that a, a you know an honorable mention as being possibly the worst like example of just like this makes literally no sense. You guys, what yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, it's like use anything else but this. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I want to briefly mention about um like the the Agincourt scene um is. The, the I, I like the fact that when I was rewatching, I was just trying to pick out a couple things that I thought were, were were good. Is the fact that like you know um, the you know the king you know Timothy Chalamet uh, like he he's he's using a mace in that or actually not even a mace it's a hammer it's just a straight up fucking yeah, hammer. hammer yeah he's using a hammer and it's like you know which like makes like and you know like I guess the whole point I know like the whole point of their depiction of that battle was basically they they weren't wearing heavy plate to not get like weighted down in the mud, in the mud. Mm-hmm. which again makes sense but it's like I, I I like the fact that it's like you know in in other parts of that you know of that movie he does use a sword and actually I do want to like quickly look at the um the duel with him and Percy Hotspur um mm. because yeah, that's a really that's 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 a good example of single combat that I want to talk about but like I like the fact Especially that he's using the end. Like, oh god, yeah, exactly. But like the fact that he's using a hammer against, you know, like people in plate. It's like, yeah, because you wouldn't use a sword because that would be stupid because swords for the most part are pretty like in like are are pretty useless against plate armor. You would use a hammer. You would cave their skull in with a hammer and that's yeah. the end. So like, yeah. Which and, is also why you'll if you look at the the pole arms that people are using, they all have a blunt part, right? Yeah. Because you get, you need to deal with plate armor. You need to be able yeah. to hit, and that's the, the other thing. The I mean, pointy, like, uh, the pointiest part is for the horses. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's for injuring the horses so that the riders yeah. fall off, so you can hit them with the blunt part or stab them with a with a dagger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, and, and I like the fact that there there was there was a large contingent of like other weapons other than swords in that battle as well. Because again, like swords, it's all metal. It's very expensive. Metal isn't cheap. Yeah. Whereas, you know what's well, really cheap? Make a bunch of, like, sharp bits of metal and then yeah. smash them onto the ends of long yeah. sticks. <laughs> and it's also just like, you know, uh, the, the at this point in history, you still had, you know, armies were levies, right? Yeah. And so just like, there's no, like, there's no uniform. And there's no standing army. Like, it's... There, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you band people together. In, in, yeah. I mean... I don't know if this is accurate, but I think in some cases it's like it's it's like bring your own, right? Like yeah. I don't, I mean, I I don't know if that's always the. Ca- I, I think they they had definitely a contingent where it was like you know we've got shit for you, but it's like I mean, was there a point? And maybe I'm wrong on this, but was there a point where there was literally like bring like pitchforks and shit because it's like farm equipment, it's good enough, like it does so, the I job. Mean, we've we've almost been entirely talking about Eurocentric stuff, right? Yeah, uh, but we could talk about like you know Chinese warfare. And that's a whole nother animal in some <laughs> respects. Because they, uh, they were just way better at it way earlier than everybody else. 
uh, 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 which is true, I think, of a lot of like China. You know, it's like you know, you yeah, you, yes. you kind of don't get, and that's the thing too. Is like I really don't know a lot about like Eastern military tactics, like full stop. Like because you're not, it's something well, I'm not as exposed to. It's not shown as much in in media. So it's like I'm I am I I know basically nothing about a a good rule of thumb, although. It's obviously a generalization and thus inaccurate, uh, is that the Chinese went through all the same phases that you know of, like, from Europe, from, like, European and, uh, African and Middle Eastern, uh, warfare, just like, you know, starting with bows and arrows, going to bows and arrows with spears, going to chariots, going to cavalry, going to heavy cavalry, going to plate armor, going to guns. Yeah. And it's just like, the Chinese did all of that, but they spent... They did all of that earlier, but spent longer in each individual phase. Mm. So it's just like, and they, and so it's just like, you know, they did really complicated, really large scale chariot warfare. And then they did really, really large scale, complicated cavalry warfare (laughs) and siege warfare. And like, you know, the biggest Chinese fortified cities dwarf the biggest European fortified cities by like orders of magnitude, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just, it's all bigger and grander. Like, you know, uh, the Greeks had the hoplite formations, right? But, like, the the Chinese have, like, the seven-layered heaven dragon formation, right? Which is, you know, like, you know, 50,000 men arrayed in, like, you know, concentric circles or something ridiculous, you know, with a with the general in the middle. Like, you know, because the Chinese, again, generalization, but, you know, generally they, they have a strong focus on, like, administrative and, like, bureaucratic concerns. That would not surprise and, me. And so, like, you know, like we've been talking about, that's the driving force behind military innovation generally, too. Organization. And so, yeah, they have they have crazy organized, mil- like, you know, stuff that, like, we were doing in the, like, the 1700s with Napoleon and, like, you know, him talking about, like, oh, you know, I can send 10,000 men to die every week and that's how I'll win. Yeah. Like, the Chinese were doing that in, like, the BCs. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, oh, well, you just, like, keep sending armies of, like, a hundred thousand people, and eventually one of them is going to break through, and who cares? Oh, that explains Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, that explains Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> everything yeah, I know you know, about Chinese military would never be caught dead on the battlefield. Everything I everything I know about Chinese military tactics is from Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, most of my knowledge of Chinese military tactics also comes from fiction. <laughs> Which I mean, like honestly, though, like to, to, to kind of ground that a little bit. I mean, it is kind of. A lot of the stuff from, like, ancient eras and stuff like that does, I mean, there's, there's a lot of it does come from, I mean, yeah. like, there, the concept of history, like, as yes, we think of it today, new. as objective and not, like, you know, I mean, not to say that history now is completely objective, but, like, the idea of, like, actually telling, trying yes. to tell objective history is a newer concept, you know? Like, yeah. people before then were like, oh, we won the battle, so let's let's write down how we thought that we should have won it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. The The first recorded, uh, like, the first battle that we have, like, really good records from is an Egyptian battle against the Helites, uh, where, like, the, uh, the the Egyptians were assaulting a Helite city with, like, a shit ton of chariots, right? And it's, this, it's the biggest chariot battle in history, like, you know, 20,000 chariots on each side, just, like, this hilarious chariot battle. And just, like, both sides claim that they won it's like the the egyptian pharaoh is just like i fought this you know this glorious defense where i engaged in single combat with the enemy and defeated them and then i turned a tail and ran (laughs) it's like and that was a victory and it's like okay it's like and it's just poems um it's also cool that 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 battle i need to i should look up the name here 
Um, uh, but it's also the first example of a, uh, uh, international peace treaty that we still have, like, we, you can still go see the tablet where there's an international peace treaty between the Egyptians and the Hellites. Oh, that's hilarious. That's fantastic. It's actually, um, the UN has it as, like, their, uh, uh, the Battle of Kadesh, if you want to look up more details. Uh, Oh, 6,000 chariots in total, not 20,000. Well, still, that's a shit ton of chariots. Yeah, I mean, I I won't, uh, (laughs) I won't be like, oh, it's it's not enough chariots, damn it. Battle of Kadesh. Battle of Kadesh. It's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool example of just, like, you know, it's, it's very well documented. That's why it's so cool. We actually do know what happened, pretty much. And I also like it because it's a good example of, like, um, the the battle was essentially just, like, a series of just, like, one group coming across another group unprepared, and the unprepared group scatters, and then a prepared group comes in, and the, the previously prepared group is now unprepared, <laughs> and they scatter, yeah, and it's just like it's just like either side just like continually scattering the other side, and I think that's a that's a great example of just like the fact that these were not like you know casualties in battles did not happen in the melee. They happened when people were running away, and you could like stab people in the back. Yeah, right. Because otherwise, you know, you're again you're fighting defensively. You're fighting to save your skin, not kill the other person. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. I mean, I I feel like. I I don't know. I mean, I guess like you know, there is there is some degree of like glory in battle, but I don't know at what point that starts becoming like something that they use to get people to die for them. I don't so know where when, that shows that, up. Though those those things show up off and on, right? Because history is not like a a line going. Well, of course, right? yeah. So it those happens when when empires have standing armies. Those are the times when people will actually like engage in furious like i'm trying to murder you kind of battle yeah right but like in this example both both of these nations the egyptians and the hellites they're using levy armies right they're using farmers yeah and so just like neither side just trying to kill each other it's you know and you find the same thing in like um you know world war one world war two uh vietnam you know as more modern examples of like you know soldiers will literally like just fire their rifle essentially randomly yeah, because they're right. They're they're barely trained, you know. Yeah. They're, well, no, no, it's not that they're they're barely trained, but they also just don't they don't really want to kill somebody. Well, that's also true. Yeah, I mean, I they guess just, you I guess you get that in any conscripted army where you yeah, have, it's like I don't want to be a murderer. Like I will shoot in the direction of the enemy, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to hit an individual. Yeah, I'm not and, consciously uh, trying to and and it yeah, makes murder it, somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's just like off, you know, whenever you have the administrative capacity for a standing army, you'll find more casualties. But when you don't have that, you know, warfare is is a is a bar fight. It's not, you know, neither side is really trying to kill each other. They're trying to scare. Yeah, get them to retreat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to pretend that that's all warfare, right? You know, like, and the king is a good example of just, like, that would have been a bloody fight. Like, those were, like, those knights, at least, were, like, standing, those were standing knights. Like, those those guys did that as for a living, where they, they were commanders and fighters in, like, heavy armor. Yes, they were trained. They were, do- yeah. were doing this on purpose. <laughs> yeah, whereas, like, the king, you know, sitting in the forest, you know, I don't know if that's accurate to Agincourt in particular, but, like, that would have been the levy army, right? Of peasants and the longbows would have also been the levy. The people not in direct combat. I don't remember what king it was, but one of the kings essentially like he funded archery tournaments in villages mm-hmm. to encourage like the lay person to like 
practice and use longbows. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. They definitely weren't. They they weren't expecting to die because they were expecting to be on the back lines. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's just like that's a really important factor. That's like I think that's the most important factor when you're thinking about like what an ancient battle would have would have been like. Yeah, and I, and I guess I, to give context to this almost hour-long conversation we've been having, uh-huh. this initially, uh, I, I I kind of thought of this 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 idea because I'm a big uh, fan of the Total War games. Okay, which are like a series of like historical games that really focus on like simulating ancient battles. Yeah, um, to the point where like you know we're talking about like getting like accurate you know s- like emblems and armor and weaponry and like you know to the point where you know people might complain about like oh this is you know they didn't start using this weapon until you know 160 AD but this game <laughs> takes place in 140 AD and this is inaccurate so we're not gonna have it like yeah you know, that level yeah but even then like the way they depict battles in those games is just like you have these lines of groups meeting and then just like straight up killing each other essentially just mashing into each other yeah (laughs) and it's just like it's funny to think because that's 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 how you know you generally think of battle i think for the the average person thinks of battle as this like intense melee fight yeah and it's just like that's for most of history in most periods that's wrong just straight up yeah i mean if i said you wouldn't find that it's it's that that if that happens it's it's a more of a last resort thing than a like you yes. start off with with picking at each other with with long distance weapons first yeah to try to whittle them down before you start getting engaged in hand to hand combat yeah but it's also not to say that it it didn't happen sometimes right yeah um, I mean, it like, definitely did <laughs> yeah um oh uh, uh, yes that that yeah the um so I sent you that clip from the movie The Deluge right. Yeah, so I was about to say, so so now are we going to talk a little bit about, uh, like, more single combat and how that's depicted? Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think that's generally a good example of a, of a counter-example to what we've been talking about, right? Okay, yeah. Where, well, I, let, me, let me say this, what was your impression of that combat? Well, I will say that, like, before I, I researched it a little bit, I actually had the impression that, that you were sending me that as an example of, like, an over-the-top ridiculous uh, fight. Good. Perfect. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted you to think. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> yes. So anyone watching, go watch. Go, if you can, there's, like, there's like a three-minute clip from the, the movie The Deluge, which is about um, Hungary and Poland? Poland. I know Poland for sure. So if Hungary was the other side. Hungary, I think, fighting uh, around like early Napoleonic era, like 1600s, 1700s. It's a Polish movie, Uh, so I know that it's Poland. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's it's actually a. Most of the movie is about like the grand warfare, but this is a a single combat between two saber users. Yeah. Right? So fencing. It's saber fencing. Yeah. And if you watch the clip, as you said, it looks fake as shit. Yes. Um,. And it's a good example of just like, no, combat doesn't look like what you think it looks like. Well, it's kind of been the what I've trying to been talking about this whole time, right? It's just like almost always it's not really what you think it looks like. Yeah, like it, it like realistic combat doesn't have to necessarily look like shit, but it also depends on the kind of A, it depends on the kind of weapons you're using and B, it depends on the, the context, right? Because, I mean, they're fencing, right? They're, yes. they're fencing, and, like, if you look at competitive saber fencing, that's kind of what it looks like. There's a lot of, like, yeah. like that, that, that point where they're, like, cutting back and forth, you know, and, like, yes. cutting and parrying. Like, that's a real thing that happens in saber fencing, and it's actually, like, it makes sense. And, like, once yes. I understood the context, I was like, okay, I get it. But, like, that also being said— It looks said, silly almost. 
It does look silly, but like nobody in a, in an actual combat situation, like you would never have the ability, like duels. No, never. Yeah, du- like like that, that's the one thing I, I mean that I really like to like because I you know the king. I keep going back to, but it's like, that's what I do really like about that movie is like when they show the duel, A, the duel like makes some sense to me, even though there are apparently some problems with it. And I'll try to, you know, give as much context as I can to that. But like the like when you contrast that with the actual fighting, like the actual fighting is much more just like I'm just trying to not get killed and I'm trying to hit people with heavy objects so that they die. (laughs) Yeah. And you're never fighting just one person at once. You're fighting the whole group because the whole group is fighting you and you're fighting the whole group and everyone's fighting each other. And there's no chance to like sit back and like focus on one dude for really any amount of time. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, combat is tiring. Yes. It's hard to do that. Yes. And so it's just like, you know, one of the one of the, I guess, big controversies, the farther back you go, is just like, how often do people just like stop fighting? Yeah, because you're just so exhausted. You just yeah, what, can't what, physically do it. Just like, you know, how often do do lines just, like, part? And just like, okay, well, just take a break for a second. Like, uh, <laughs> just stop. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know the answer to that. Or at least like, disengage and, like, back yeah. up and, like, just, like, get a fucking breather yeah. for a second. And again, as we've been talking about, the, the, the more modern you get, the more organized things get. And so the less that is the case. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, for all we know, just, like, it's very possible that, like, during, like, especially, like, Greek warfare, just, like, they might have just stopped fighting, you know, for an hour and had lunch and then started fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I, I – so did you go back and watch that um, – because I mentioned – you watched that, va- that, like, the, the duel from – Oh, yeah, the, yeah. I watched the whole – yeah, definitely. You watched that. Okay. So, like, because I went back, I was like – I watched that after watching the Deluge fight, and even though apparently, like from a physical, like from like a like a if you go to the manuals perspective, like it's a, it's less accurate than the the Deluge fight. I guess it just yes. it, it reads a little bit more like realistic to how a, 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 like a duel would be between two people. Because what I like Wait a about second. go ahead, what you're talking about the the king duel, right? Yeah. Wait, the first one. The first one. Oh shit! Okay, no, 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 no. I I need to watch that again. Yeah, you, we, let's watch that real quick. I've got. Yeah, do you want me to send it to you? Quick. No, no. I, I'm watching it right now. All right, I'm in. Yeah. It's a, yes, I agree. Yes, the the physicality of it is very realistic, especially for a plate armor fight. Right? Like you're gonna have to do that. And how far into it are you right now? Uh, one minute. Oh, okay. Oh, so you've been watching it? I mean, I just skipped ahead a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's you're trying to stab the isolates through the armor, right? Because at this point in history, everyone is a tank in plate armor. Yeah, and the thing that I like as well is very quickly into the duel, like you're into you're into grappling. Yeah, yeah, because well, that's again, it's like you know, fighting is not glorious. Yeah, and it's like you know, the swords basically you know, the the goggles do nothing. The swords do nothing. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. y- you there's could, a reason you- that like hilt strikes and stuff are like the most common way of fighting in that era. Yeah. Now the understanding that I have is that once once the guys like down on the ground, there would be no punching. It would just be you 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 pull out your dagger, you stab him in the neck, like the end of the fight, basically. Like yes. would have happened much sooner. But the things that I like about that scene, first of all, are like that you know, a couple things are happening. Is people like the the the, the two the two participants are attacking each other with their swords, not each other's swords. Like yes. 
which is something that happens so frequently. Yes, yes. That it's hilarious. It's like you don't attack their weapon, you attack their body. You are trying to kill them, not their sword. Um, And then they lose their swords pretty quick, and they just start, like, just... Because, like, as soon as you can get close, like, your sword is useless compared to just physically, like, wrestling the dude, you know, and then trying to murder him. And that's... I just want to say, uh, it's another, I just want to call back to the Rome clip. Yeah. Um, of just like, you know, they use, the, you know, there's multiple times where they use their shield as a weapon there. Because a shield is a giant, big, heavy piece of wood. Yeah. It's essentially a mace. Yeah. You could hurt people with it. You, you could take your shield and bring yeah. it down on somebody and kill them. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess, you know, combat is both more um, casual than, than like, uh, I guess the common perception that I would consider, like, of just, like, you know, down-and-out melee fighting. But it's also a lot more brutal. Much more brutal. also think. Yeah. yeah. Like, there is no, like, again, that thing of, like, standing one foot apart and fighting with swords. It's like, no. It's like, if you could get in close to the guy and stab him in the neck or, like, you know, hit him with your shield or what? It's like, there's no rules once you start yeah. fighting, it's like, it doesn't matter how you kill the other guy and how you stay alive. It just matters that at the end of the day, you aren't dead anymore. <laughs> That's actually a good point you bring up. I want to I wanna also make this point. It's like, you actually probably wouldn't kill the other guy. Not necessarily. Like, almost never. And in, in fact, you, you see that so often in, like, the ends. Like, like, they go through... And, like, all the people that are, like, writhing in agony on the ground, they yes. stab. And then yeah, they, they take stab, their yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just a, like um, that's what I loved oh. about that action court scene at the end. Is they like yes. at the end of the battle, what are you doing? You're going around, you're picking yeah. up all the weapons because you know what? Those swords, those are expensive. You're not going to waste those if they leave a bunch yeah. of swords behind. Those are going in the armory. <laughs> and we know we know that is accurate because in 1914, during the Mexican Revolution, they actually sent a film crew down to follow Pancho Villa around. Okay, during the Mexican Revolution, like during active warfare, mm-hmm. right? And they, they filmed the scene where um, they, they like, after a battle, they executed a bunch of people. Uh, and then the, the villagers come and, like, smash the teeth out of their skulls to get, like, golden fillings out. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, they're dead. And it's just, like, you know, apparently the uh, the editing team back in, like, America that, w- that watched it, like, all just had, like, threw up watching it. Yeah. Just, like, and it's just, like, you know, warfare's not nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's not pretty, you know, I mean, like, spoils of war are a thing, anything valuable, yeah. it's like, and it's like, at that point, it's like, I mean, these are, these are dead people, or very soon yeah. to be dead, in which case, you kill them, and you take their shit. <laughs> like, war, war is long periods of boredom, followed by short periods of terrifying chaos. <laughs> it's a very accurate statement, I'm yeah. sure. And, it, and at no point is it fun, or heroic, or nice, or brave, it's just always terrifying, yeah. or boring. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying or boring. <laughs> yeah, you're either yeah. full of adrenaline or just so fucking bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or anxious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think. Have you ever watched Generation Kill? No. So I, I know by, uh, I know of it. I know of it. It's, yeah, it's by the Wire guy David Simon, and it's about it follows a group of Marines during the Iraq invasion, Afghanistan. No, Iraq. It's definitely Iraq. Um, it's yep. amazing. You need to see it, and it's it's it perfectly encapsulates. The whole boredom versus chaos. Yeah. Although in that particular show, there, there's very, there's, I don't think there's any actual, like, them shooting at the Iraqi army ever. <laughs> Which is very accurate, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, 
I don't know like as much about like like current warfare, but I, I, I can imagine that like most of the actual like most of the actual killing is done by like planes, you know? Like planes and bombs and well actually yeah so right now um well I, is the is the truce still on actually with between armenia and azerbaijan right now or they've gone back uh well it's still a ceasefire it looks like but right now there's a war between uh armenia and azerbaijan right okay uh, well there okay there's a war currently between armenia and azerbaijan I, I'm, I'm sorry and... i basically I, I basically live in a cave like yeah, i don't yeah. i don't i don't watch any no, that's fine most most people most people do yeah, uh, but um, you can go to like uh, our combat footage on Reddit and like watch the war in real time, and it's essentially just drone strikes, right? That's a, that's that, like, that, what you just said. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, like that is like the that's like the strangest and saddest thing that yeah. I think I've ever heard in my yeah. life. It's just like, oh, you could just watch the combat in real time. It's like, I mean, like it's like a, of course you can, and b, it's like, what kind of like cyberpunk yeah. hellscape do we live in? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. The, the, if you want an example of, like, we've been talking about ancient stuff, but, like, if you want to know what modern warfare looks like, you can just go watch it now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, 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 the combat will be televised. <laughs> yeah, the combat is televised. Like, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, so that's, yeah, so just, like, and again, just, like, you know, why is it drone warfare? Well, well, because people don't want to get killed. Yeah, it's, like, and so it's, same yeah. perspective of, like, like, you know, if you have, like, kind of, like, a, like, a, like a, if I'm thinking of like things like like Afghanistan and uh, Afghanistan in particular, it's like you have like an insurgent army, you know, who is under equipped versus obviously versus yeah. you know the American military behemoth, yeah, like, the Im- American imperialist army. Like, why would you fight them on their no, like? You like, wouldn't. Yeah, like you wouldn't engage them like yeah. on purpose unless you are physically like, like that's it's like it's yeah. asymmetric warfare, you know? It's like yeah. you would you you fight them in like the most like dropping bot like like dropping explosives yeah. and shit on the side of the road because it's like if you engage them, they've got much better shit than you. They're going to kill you. <laughs> which is not to say, right, that the opposite does not happen. Yeah, it right? does it's, happen, but it, I like, imagine it happens more often because, like, the 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 American army finally catches up to you know the well, insurgent no, I army. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say in like modern examples. I'm talking about like the Zulus versus the British. Oh, okay, like literally, right? Yeah, like literally, just like examples of just like you know sometimes you know because. There isn't, like, you know, we're, t- we're talking very generally, this whole podcast, but, like, individually, like, every combat is different depending on who's involved in it, right? Yeah. Well, you're so d- just like, go ahead. The Zulus versus the British, is that is that the one where it's, like, they defeated the British? I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. The Zulu, I don't think the Zulu were ever conquered by anybody. Because I remember that, like, and, I mean, that kind of goes back to, you know, what you're saying is very true of, of combat in general. But there is this kind of like you know this I mean, the one thing I do know right about Eastern um, like Eastern combat tactics is I know a little oh, bit of Sun no they Zero. lost they lost oh okay there is one yeah, though it's I, like the, I, yeah I did think they lost it's the Italians versus somebody in no the Italians also eventually won against the Ethiopians you're talking about yeah I, I'm pretty I, sure of that but like with horrible losses like it wasn't a victory by any sense no it was a Furic victory 100 percent but they did like. You could, o- yeah, because it's like, but the like I said, the only thing that I really know about Eastern military tactics is is the the very little bit that I know of Sun Tzu, and the one thing that like I I definitely know from him is like you you always give your the opposing army an avenue to retreat. 
because if you don't, they'll fight you to the death because they don't have any other choice, you know? And so if you come into somebody's country and, like, attack them, you are basically de facto not giving them a place to retreat to. You have surrounded their country. They're going to have to fight you to the death, and you don't have to fight them to the death. So you're probably going to lose. You say that, though, but that was Alexander the Great's whole strategy. (laughs) Well, he clearly didn't read Sun Tzu. And yet he did perfectly well, but, you know. What he did was just, like, demand surrender. Yeah. Right? Just like, hey, listen, I'm going to kill all of you unless you just, like, let me rule over you. So, you know. Yeah. Make that choice. Yeah. I mean, the Mongols basically did the same thing. (laughs) Well, because, you know, what the Mongols did was fucked up, right? Just, like, they essentially just, like, if you didn't surrender immediately, they would kill every man, woman, and child in your city. And, and raise it to the ground and salt the earth yeah. and just basically meet, they would erase yeah. you from history. If you, yeah. so, if you didn't surrender, they would erase you. <laughs> so you surrendered to the Mongols is what you did. Yeah. Well, it was interesting with the Mongols, too, because, like, they were, per- like, from what I understand of, like, if you surrendered to them, you didn't get that bad of a rap. You basically just had to pay them. They basically yeah, no, were just, it- like, they didn't really care what you did, like, from that point on. You could basically, like, I think they may- might have installed, like, some kind of, like, governor or something. But g- yeah. generally, like, they didn't really, they didn't really, they were empire builders. They didn't really care about well, no, building no, no, an no. empire. They that cared about getting end. money from you so they could fund more warfare. Well, no, I... I- that is what an empire is, right? In those times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, like, they, they like unlike the Romans who, like, would govern you, they would take over. Sure, yeah. They well, didn't the care were, about that part. They the were Romans just, were an exception, right? Yeah, the Mongols are always an exception. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying the Romans were. Like, oh, the, the Romans. Did, yeah. The Romans did what, like, the the Persians did and the Syrians did. And, and what the, the British Egyptians did later. Did. And the British, yeah. Exa- well, no, the British were more like the Romans, right? The British would install a British governor. That's what I mean. The British like, were like the Romans. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, like, Alexander the Great was more like the Mongols, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he would just be like, no, no, no. Just send me money and troops. And you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And the Mongols were similar. They are just like, you know, give us troops, give us money, and you can do you can do all your other... Yeah, I don't care what religion you follow. I don't care what gods you worship or you know, what your laws are, just money and people. Yeah, money and people and do it now. And do not, yeah, do under any now. circumstances, deny this request because you only yes. get one opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the traditional way of making an empire. Because, again, going back to, like, you know, administrative stuff, that was the only way to do it. Because <laughs> you couldn't communicate with your borders that fast. Yes, they didn't have telephones. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had to let them self-rule because that was the only option. Yes. Yeah, self-rule or install your own government. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about before that? That is a great question. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was a point I was going to lead on to. Yeah, we were talking... Oh, oh, okay, wait, wait. We were talking about um, you can, uh, like, by threatening somebody's... Uh, oh, by... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know what point I was going to make, though. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, that was a good. That was a good tangent. I, that was that was good. Well, I mean, just on to other depictions of good. I guess good uh, warfare depictions. It's like first off, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I certainly was not. Um, there are a lot of like European Napoleonic era movies, like The Deluge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there is a lot of that. Okay. Just, like I don't think I so was aware wanna, of that. <laughs> if you want to go watch like. Uh, you know, old, like, pike-and-shot battles, there is an enormous amount of, like, very well-produced, grand-scale battles. And they're, for some reason, they're all on YouTube, and they all are, like, in Japanese and Chinese titles. <laughs> That's bizarre. I, 
I don't know why. It's very, it's very weird. But they're all, all the movies are like in English or a European language, like Polish or French or something. But they all are like. So if you ever search that stuff and you see a bunch of like Chinese or Japanese symbols pop up, it's like those are actually European movies about Napoleonic era stuff. That's interesting. And they're generally pretty accurate, right? Because again, like the the more modern you are, the more records we have. So we know how they fought. Like they fought in pike squares, and cavalry charges were still important. Yeah. So like you can go watch. You can you can watch like an. Like, uh, let me see here. Here we go. The Teutons. Battle of Grunwald. 1410. Oh, this is even more. She's like, there's so many of these things on YouTube. And it's like, they're so well produced. Like, I, there's this is just a whole genre of, like, historical war films that I didn't know existed, essentially. Are you sending this I think this that's really interesting. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, am I going to send something? Yeah, no, no. It's a long clip, though, so it's hard to, like... I'm just going to send it to you. And yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Cause it, yeah. It, yeah. But it's like, like 18 minutes. But this is like, you know, it's like, it's, it's 1410, but there's still like cannon and stuff in this, right? Which I think is interesting. Oh, like, like cannons? Cannons? Yeah, there's cannons, but they're still using bows and arrows. So there's not guns yet. Yeah, because we're really early into the black powder era. Yeah, like they're using crossbows still. Um, and it's like, yeah, and so like, you know, because there's crossbows and cannons, right? Like these guys aren't using armored horses. They're back to just like essentially being light cavalry. Yeah, because there's no point. <laughs> there's no point, yeah, in having anything more. You, you're not going to have armor that can survive an explosion, which I think is really cool. I'm just uh, kind of so skimming through it here really quick. Yeah, and just like there's a shit ton of this stuff out there. Interesting. And so if you're ever, yeah, if you're ever, if anyone's listening to this and is, you know, piqued at all by this conversation, um, you know, there's a, there's a wealth of stuff out there that I was not aware of. Yeah, it's just too bad that, like, I, I, there isn't, like, because you're right, it is, it is very, it is very, like, skewed towards, like, Western, like, like, Eastern, well, not Eastern, European, Western European warfare, which it's like, you yes. know, I, I basically have no knowledge of, like, you know, what, what, what they did anywhere else in the world, because I'm sure they were, I mean, they were fighting just like everybody else, but I yeah, have no course. idea what they were doing. They were, I mean, I think they were probably doing much the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were ultimately people. Yes, yes. But how they were doing it. I yeah, think how, the, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. real kicker. <laughs> um, it's not about how you fight. It's about how you fight. One thing that's interesting, I think, is that, like, um, it's kind of a tangent, just, like, naval warfare, depictions of naval warfare tend to be really accurate, right? Because naval warfare is so, like, it has to be so organized already. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, because I, like, I guess you can't really have the the, 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 yeah. the warships come in close and fight with swords with each other. So there's not yeah. really another option. You have to yeah, depict just, it as is. Yeah, and, like, you know, it's not like a unit of people, like, on the ground where it's, like, they're a unit by cohesion. It's, like, you're a unit because you're on the same ship. Yes. So you're forced to be a unit. Yes. Yeah, naval warfare. I mean, because, yeah, it's like, I mean, what do you what do? You, do? You, 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 you slowly maneuver around each other and fire guns at each other yeah exactly um there's actually there's a there's a movie from 2016 called the king's choice about like a the norwegian defense of norway from the nazis in world war ii Mm -hmm. Um, but particularly there's a cool scene where like the german navy is like kind of silently and secretly moving in to the norwegian like home 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 territory waters Uh uh-huh uh, and they're not flying flags or anything, right? So they don't, like, the Norwegians can't tell whose ships they are. Mm-hmm. But it's a bunch of battleships, right? Yeah. And so they just fire at them. They're yeah. just like, okay, we're just going to fucking open fire. And just like, we think those are Nazis, so yeah. fuck them. It's probably Nazis. It's like, yeah, anybody it's else like, would be flying flags, so we're just going to shoot yeah. them. It's <laughs> like, even even in World War II, right? It's just like, chaos is still the name of the game. 
I think that there is no real organization happening. Well, I mean, that's at the, a certain uh, level. That's that's the that's the famous quote by basically. I mean, many oh, famous yeah, that, quotes yes. by basically every single um, every single other army is like, uh, you know, fighting the Americans is tough because even they don't follow their own manuals. Yeah. <laughs> and the American mantra of if we don't know what they're doing, the enemy definitely doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works. Yes, it does work. If war is chaos, then be chaos. You know, that's the best thing you could possibly do. Yeah, just equip everyone as good as possible and then let them loose. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and that that is true. Like, I mean, like, I think that, like, you know, as you go from, like, if there is any kind of, like, broad thing, it's like you start out with basically no tactics, moving into very, like, organized, mm-hmm. like, large-scale tactics, then kind of, like, now we're at a point where, like, the real warfare is, like, indiv- like the the individual units are equipped with some decision making capabilities like they yeah. know what their objective is and it's like just do it however you need to do it you know and make whatever decisions you need to make in the field but like the point is is there's a broad strategic objective tactics are up to you <laughs> yeah and it's just like you know again that's something people thought of right even back in the in the ancient days mm-hmm. uh like you know alexander the great like um the macedonians had what's called the companion cavalry right and what was really like unique about the companion cavalry is instead of charging in a line mm-hmm. well first of all they were they charged in melee which was unique already okay but they used a wedge right and the and the really cool thing about a wedge is that every person in the wedge can see the leader yeah, that makes sense. And, and so the leader can, like, easily direct his cavalry, like, in precise areas to, like, hit weak spots in a formation. Specifically just because of the shape that the cavalry formation is in. And it's just like, you know... Yeah. Um, Good unit communication. Yeah, and, and so it's just like, there's always been that, like, case of just, like... When you, when you can equip someone, a group of people, in such a way that they're just, like, superior, they can act as, like, a, you know, a, I guess it's a, the word for it is shock, I guess, is a shock force. Yeah. That's, like, the historical term for what that kind of thing is. Um, that's, and it's just, like, you know, um, in the Napoleonic era, there's this uh, really great uh, TV series with uh, Mr. Dies-A-Lot. What's his name? Oh. The guy sh- in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Sean. Sean. Shit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. I keep wanting yeah, to say Sean Penn, and I know that's I know I know yeah, that's I keep wanting wrong. to say Sean Connery, and I know it's not Sean Connery. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yes. So Sean Bean is the lead actor in a series called Sharps Men. Okay. Which is about like a uh, British uh, rifle, like elite rifle squad. Okay. And, and the series is cool because like they depict a lot of like battles, mm-hmm. but th- this squad is sort of like a, an elite squad, so they're like constantly on the fringes, and like they, they, you know, they act independently and like with tactics, and like so, you know, they act like almost like a um, insurgent force, like that, you know, they use like mountainous terrain to like you know hide, um, and it's an example of just like because they have guns, right? It's just like there's no need for them to be like, in a line in a mass battle. Yes, they could spread out and use, like, you know, yeah. modern tactics. Yeah, because they have, because, you know, it's late enough in history when this takes place that, like, their rifles are accurate. Yes. You know, they're, they're not smooth bore muskets. <laughs> they're, 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 it's, it's not an explosion that hucks a hunk of metal at something. It's actually, yeah. like, a gun that shoots things on purpose. Yes. <laughs> Man... So, like, to bring this somewhat full circle to, like, the uh, the, the before bullshit conversation, um, you really need to watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah, I know, I know, it's, I know. It I is do. filled to the brim with shit like this. Like, if you like, like, uh, I mean, not necessarily, like, infantry tactics, although there is sure, some, sure. like, but, like... Yeah, it's, it's naval. More naval like. tactics? 
that entire season is just well, entire season. That entire show is yeah, just show. naval tactics, naval tactics, naval. But in space, and in a way that makes sense with space, like like the whole concept of like, well, the engagement distances are enormous because you're fucking firing lasers across space. Lasers don't have a range. <laughs> You can hit things from yeah. like way past visual distance, like the yeah, whole. And it's interesting. It's because like, fascinating. It's fascinating, and like all the battles take place over like thousands of miles away. Like you'd love it. You'd have a you'd have a fucking blast watching yeah. it. And and it's cool because that's kind of what modern warfare is now, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, well, modern warfare is even worse now because I mean, like, not even worse, but it's like it's like some dude in a in a, in a room with an Xbox controller flying a drone. Yeah. You know? It's like talk about engagement distances. It's like the the, the yeah. dude doing the fighting is a world away from the from the fighting that's actually happening, and we'll never come anywhere close to combat. What's also cool is just like we're I think we're finally entering an era where defense might like come to the fore again. Just like anti missile systems and stuff are getting way better. Like mm. yeah, you gotta like you. I mean like the, that's that's the next step is like okay, yeah, well if you would- could hit me with a bunker buster from a world away. I need something that's going to be able to stop that, you know, so that yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> and, and if we enter, if we enter that realm, like you bet mass warfare is going to make a comeback. Like, oh, that would be interesting to see like the cycle happen again. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily great to live it, but uh... yeah, not great to live it, but interesting. <laughs> but inter- may you live in interesting times. The, the, yes. ancient, the, the, the classic, you know, like, you know, Chinese yeah. curse, you know, yeah. <laughs> may you live in interesting times. It's like, uh, rather not. (laughs) Well, we still live in interesting times. Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah, 2020 has been, oh man, has it been a year all right? Almost over, amazingly enough. Yeah, and and I I feel like 2020 is going to kind of rub its stink all over 2021. Oh yeah, you bet you. And and you can join us in in that stinky 2021 for season two. Two, yeah. It's two brothers. Brothers. (laughs) Where there will be more bullshit and C-plus information. (laughs) Yes, at best. <laughs> All right, man. Any any any, any, yes. any other parting thoughts on this subject before we sign no. off? No, this is good. Beautiful. Well. All right. Yeah, we'll see you in 2021. We'll see you in 2021 or maybe slightly sooner. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> maybe there'll be a Christmas episode. I think there will be a Christmas episode. Yeah. All, All right. right. See ya.